Cooking for Politics podcast is brought to you by Global Pulse Media, which has partnered with Hivecast FM, a firm that assembles a creative and professional team that takes podcasts such as Cooking for Politics to the next level. This team handles all audio and video editing services. So for a nominal fee, you will get a personal account manager that helps take the headache out of editing and just leave podcasters like myself focus on just creating good content for their audiences. So if you're a podcaster listening and need help editing, feel free to reach out to me. I can be reached at cuckooforpolitics at gmail.com. I could not have succeeded without this talented team at Hivecast FM. This is Michael, host of the political podcast, Cuckoo for Politics. I am so passionate about politics, hence the name Cuckoo for Politics, and I hope you are too. Thanks for joining. This is a podcast discussion on political perspectives on various issues that matter with citizens of the world. So I do ask that you grab your favorite libations, whether it be coffee, tea, water, juice, beer, wine, or a spirit or two, and let's get ready for some lively conversation and let's learn something together. What's up, good people? This is another episode of Raw and Uncut. It is a special political series where I, along with political commentator and sidekick Sam Jean, have candid discussions on a whole host of political topics. Depending on the intensity of the subject matter, you can occasionally find our conversation to be of serious nature or can be lively, hence the name Raw and Uncut, as we sometimes either make fun of a particular topic or point out the hypocrisy of any given issue, as politics in general can be a mixture of both. In this episode, we will discuss how the news is used to inform, but can be manipulated in a manner to distract the viewer from their own individual and or community's real problems. Sometimes politicians, along with their partners in various media news outlets, press upon an issue for the sole purpose to distract and deflect the American public as a whole so that we are not paying too close attention to what's really going on behind the curtain. Joining me in this discussion, as I said, is Sam Jean. Those that follow the podcast know and are very familiar with our backgrounds. We have done a series of Raw and Cut episodes together. In fact, past episodes can be found on my website, cuckooforpolitics.com or the podcast platform you're listening to this show right now. If you're not aware of who we are and are new to the podcast, first let me say welcome. But I don't want you to feel left out. So in brief, Sam and I have been friends for decades since our collegiate and postgraduate years. Each of us have earned our respective degrees with distinction. Moreover, we have actively participated in various forms of political activism while working in our professional fields. But what makes my guest special, per se, is that my podcast political commentator, he has established his own consulting firm and appeared in both Canadian and U.S. media outlets, discussing both domestic and foreign policies. We are both cuckoo about politics, hence why we get together from time to time to discuss the various political topics of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Cuckoo for Politics, and let's get ready for some lively discussion 
while learning something together. All right, Sam, before we jump into our conversation, as you're aware, I often get a lot of feedback from our show, either through social media or email. By the way, this is a good plug. So if anyone's interested in commenting on the show or emailing me some suggestions, feel free to write to me at cuckooforpoliticsfeedback at gmail.com. In any event, Sam, a listener sent me a question. If you can clarify a point made in our previous episode, 39, titled Afraid of the Truth. As you recall, a portion of a of our discussion was how in some Republican-led states have enacted policies that have influenced how education is being taught in America. With that being said, the questioner wanted to know, how do these actions impact the educator from those respective states as several news articles report how teachers are questioning their own profession and opting to leave altogether? Well, um, I, I I would draw a distinction between college and higher education and public, right? And the reason I would draw this distinction is is simply because, uh, as a rule in this country, uh, unlike other countries, you know, the countries our parents came from, right? Um, education, public education, is free. Public education is guaranteed, at least through kindergarten through high school. There has been a sustained attack on public education for the past 30, 40 years. There has been a sustained attack on teachers, right, for the past 30 or 40 years. Uh, Mike Pompeo uh, was asked what he thought was one of the greatest threats. And and he he named the president of the teachers union as a, as, as a great threat to America. Okay. And so there is that. Now, when you get to higher education, full professors have some rights, even though in the state of Florida, there are schools that DeSantis is taking over. Uh, they do have some rights. They have some ability. Uh, if they're tenured professors, they have some protections. But generally speaking, what really, really, really concerns me, as you pointed out, are people who teach uh, from kindergarten through high school. These teachers who are kind of the backbone of the American educational system, they don't get enough credit. These people now, particularly in the states that have these confusing rules, they have to make determinations about what they're going to have. We've read stories about teachers basically saying, I'm not going to have any books in my classroom library, or I've taken this book out of my classroom library because I don't know if it meets the requirements. It has what you would call, from a First Amendment perspective, right? Um, if we were talking First Amendment, uh, it has, and 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 this, and and this relates to the government because free speech is really about the government's right to be able to curtail it, right? But it has a chilling effect on what teachers can do. It has a chilling effect on what teachers can teach, because hey, I may want to share this, but I'm concerned that if I share this, I'm in violation. School library, librarians are being told, you should not have these books in the library, okay? And so now there are books that there's a standard that every library has, and now these libraries are being told that they shouldn't have it, 
okay, that they can't have them because they're inappropriate. And so that has a chilling effect. And, and in, a, in, in a situation where education used to be the dominion of educators, uh, scholars, counselors, administrators, people who are involved in schools, that dominion is now being taken over by politicians. And, and speaking of dominion, hey, what about you think about that lawsuit that uh, came out with Fox, <laughs> Fox Entertainment News? I mean, what a what a great segue. I mean, you were just talking, but I, I find that very as far as the challenge of that, that Fox viewers are being misinformed and that Fox in general was more concerned about profit versus telling the truth of what was going on, particularly on January 6th. Okay, so anybody who is surprised by that um, uh, is very naive, right? I've been I've been on this show a bunch of times, and I've I've told you, Fox News understands who their viewers are. They get it. They know why people tune into Fox News, and for them. Their job isn't to be journalists. Their job is to give the, the base, the red meat that they come to Fox for, right? So that's like you going to Ruth Chris Steakhouse, right? You only go to Ruth Chris for the steak, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you're not going to Ruth Chris for, for the salmon, right? Like it, 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 it's not a seafood restaurant, it's a steak. So they go for the red bloody meat. That's what they want. And Fox knows that that's what they're supposed to give them. And so what happened is, well, let's take a step back. As a lawyer, I often tell people, when people are like, hey, I want to sue, I want to sue. I was like, listen, suing goes both ways, right? Because during discovery, not only do you get to ask, if I'm suing you, not only do I get to ask to see what's in your closet, you get to ask to see what's in my closet. Okay, as it relates to the case. And so during discovery, you have these text messages, these email messages from Fox people coming from Rupert Murdoch down to producers of shows who are telling you how they really feel about these people that they go on the air and promote. They're telling you how they really feel. And then, as you said, from a business decision, they decided that they were going to go all in with Trump because they didn't want to lose their audience to other news organizations which were further right of them. So they didn't want to lose to Newsmax. They didn't want to lose to One America News who were going full election has been stolen. Cesar Chavez, uh, Cesar Chavez, pardon me, Hugo Chavez, Italians, the Chinese, they've all interfered in the election. Fox had to compete because Fox is saying, hey, we're losing our viewers. And also because Trump was mad at them, we're losing our viewers. So what can we do essentially to keep our viewers? And what did they do to keep their viewers? They come on the air and they put people on that they know are lying. Okay, they know these people are lying. They know these people are crazy, but they're going to do it anyway. And they're going to lie to their audience with a straight face because they know their audience wants to be lied to. To to those who I, I kind of jumped into the question and and obviously you knew where I was going with this. But those who are just new to what I was what I want to refer to, it was um, 
it came out last, let's say February, the week of February eight, was 18, 17, that uh, news that, um, what is it? The the Dominion lawsuit, where it was a Dominion voting system, which was part of a, the machinery that tallied the votes in the election of 2020. Well, as you know, the previous president was alleging that the, the, the election was stolen, and then Fox Entertainment News continued with that that lie. And after an investigation and through the whole court proceedings, it was found that not only did Fox News broadcasters continue with that lie, but there was no shred of evidence for that. So that's where we were going with and um, the meaning that companies sued Fox for, I think, $1.6 billion in damages. And so what comes to find out and continuing conversation, Sam, is that these um, entertainers, the Tucker Carlson's, the Laura Ingram, the Sean Hannity, they were communicating with the White House during the January 6th, but they knew that lie to be uh, false. But they continued, just like you said, they they knew their viewers more, that they didn't want to lose profit share or viewership to anyone else for that matter, and continued with that lie. But it's interesting when you when you watch the um, the the news the news talk about how all of them, those TV personalities which I mentioned were commenting that, yo, this guy's crazy. Or they were talking about Ruli Giuliani. They were talking about how this this can't be true. This is not true. But they still t- believed in that line and echoed it, even what, to this day? Well, the funny thing is, um, this is why uh, you should always uh, be careful what you put in text messages if you intend to sue someone or you're in danger of being sued because the text messages are they're raw and uncut right but it bang like that <laughs> the f bomb drops they called rudy rudy giuliani an idiot they said that sydney powell was a liar they said that they were destroying something that they had worked 25 years to build everybody knew even laura ingram was like uh one of them was like oh i caught her in a lie Right. So the point being, we have in this country, we pretend uh, that Fox News is a legitimate news organization. And what Fox News is, is an arm of the Republican Party, period. Okay, people can say what they want about MSNBC, CNN, stuff like that. But I'm going to tell you this. You're not going to find text messages from Rachel Maddow to President Obama or President Biden, you're not going to find text messages from Lester Holt to President Obama or President Biden. You're you not did, going to- mm-hmm. You did find, um, was there a text message or Governor Cuomo, the former New York governor, with the anchor, um, his brother in CNN? Yes, but, but, but that makes more sense, you know, even though it's inappropriate. Well, that makes more sense, right? So for example, if Donald Trump or if Sidney Powell was Sean Hannity's brother or sister, right, it would make sense that they would have these text messages and they would have these conversations, right? But here you have not just one person from a network having an isolated conversation with a sibling, even though it's inappropriate, not just one person, what you have are the top people at the organization. And let's take it one step further. There is a legit reporter at the White House uh, in the in the Washington beat who fact checks something that Trump said and she posted it 
and she reported on it. And she said, well, it's not true. They demanded that she be fired, okay? They demanded to know what team she was on, okay? She ended up having to take the tweet down, all right? They wanted, and Neil Cavuto is not, Neil Cavuto is not some liberal, okay? They were unhappy with Neil Cavuto. They were, they were unhappy with anyone who did not trumpet what Trump was saying, not because what Trump was saying was true, but they just didn't want Trump and the Trump machine and the Trump base to abandon Fox News. They're sitting there talking about the stock price. As, as you're saying this, I'm looking at a quote from, um, was it Dominion Ledger's Call Center? I'm reading from The Hills, a publication. And it says, the executives understand how much credibility and trust we lost with our audience. We're playing with fire for real. An alternative like Newsmax could be devastating to us. So it speaks to your point. They were more interested about protecting their profit and their bottom line. But who are we kidding? This is what they do. If you turn it on, if you turn on Fox News um, and, and you watch, for example, they will make it seem like this, uh, the, the train derailment in Ohio, right? They'll make it seem like the federal government is, is, is absent. Meanwhile, the truth is that the federal government, the president in particular, said to the governor, whatever you need, I'm going to give it to you, okay? And the governor, Mike DeWine, who isn't a raging MAGA Republican, was basically like, if we need you, we'll let you know, right? But if you watch Fox News, you're going to be like, look, this train derailed the federal government. Where's Joe? Where's Pete? Nobody's doing anything. Fox News exists for a particular purpose, and that purpose is to be the propaganda arm of the Republican Party, period. They give Republican politicians talking points. You had hosts who were essentially campaigning with the, with the former president. This shouldn't be a surprise. And my thing is, to other people in the press, other reporters, other media people who take their job seriously, they should be, they should be disgusted by this. They should be disgusted by this. And, and, you know, it's you, you said about the Ohio governor. And if I was to watch Fox Entertainment News, I would think that's what I would be listening. Where's the federal government's um, position on this? Where's the assistance? And luckily, I watched my local network news and Governor Shapiro of Pennsylvania was in um, working closely with the uh, Ohio governor and their corresponding bureaucracies in to assist. Um, even though the federal government has a presence, but these individuals, the governors of those respective states, were directly involved. So, of course, they were um, hand in hand. But let me ask you something. What's the bigger picture? You talked about how the Fox, the Fox viewers, they want this particular paradigm. That is the narrative that they see. So I'm going to go back to the State of the Union that President Biden uh, gave. I watched the entire his speech there. I loved how he, you know, he took it on the banter and so forth like that. I'm not going to go into the outburst. I do want to talk about that, too. But what I found the irony of it all, he spoke about issues. And you may, again, agree to disagree about the government's stance and the direction it was going. But you can't ignore the facts. But then a few minutes later, you watched the governor of Arkansas, Huckabee. She gave her response to the president. And 
I, I know, yes, I'm a proud Democrat, but I don't even understand where she was coming from with all these, uh, should we say, falsehoods? Because I'm like, w- America's not crying about these issues. I don't even know where she was going with this. And I still recall her first executive action when she took office as a newly elected governor. It is now illegal to say Latinx. Like Arkansas were complaining about the whole election year, we want someone to take out the word Latin X from from my yeah, vocabulary yeah. from a state that that is near the bottom in in healthcare, uh, from a state that has one of the highest poverty rates in the entire country. Uh, this person actually thinks that Arkansians, right, that they that they care about the term Latin X, but but this is the problem, Michael. As a, I guess I would I would categorize you as a sort of a moderate Democrat. Yes. You live you live in a certain world, okay, um, and you use the term facts, and I think that that word now no longer has any force because facts are in the eyes of the beholder, okay. So something that you take as factual, uh, someone else who does not belong to the centrist, moderate Democrat world that you live in. Uh, someone who belongs in the Fox right-wing culture has a completely different notion of what facts are, okay? And so I I no longer watch all of the State of the Union or the responses when it happens in real time. Uh, I actually got up and I watched it at four in the morning when it's quiet and I could just pay attention to what's being said. And and so you have one politician from one party sort of laying out an agenda, uh, talking about accomplishments, you know, getting back and forth with the other party, you know, doing standard political stuff. Right. And now when the opposition comes on, none of the things that they're talking about seem to even mesh. Right. Because you have someone like Sarah Huckabee Sanders and they saw that the success they had with CRT, critical race theory, they saw how much success they had with uh, misappropriating the word woke. And so what they have figured now is that they want to continue having what the press loves to call culture wars. Okay. So everything that she's talking about, she's saying, we didn't ask for this. Right. And if you notice the new front on the culture wars, which is being promoted by so-called media, so-called liberal media papers like the New York Times, the Washington Post, and all these places is now all of a sudden there is this focus on trans rights, trans issues, trans children. Okay? And so that's the next step of the culture war is our children are being told that this is, they're being influenced to be these things that they aren't. Right. And so that's a culture war and we have to stand up for that. And if you watch Fox, uh, what she said, if you're a Fox viewer and we just have said in the previous segment, right, which is an arm of the right wing Republican Party, that if you watch Fox, everything that she says makes sense to you. It's not foreign to you. It's not alien to you because you hear this every day. If you watch Tucker Carlson, if you watch Laura Ingram, if you listen to Sean Hannity, if you watch The Five, if you watch Jeannie Perillo, if you watch the guys in the morning and and, and the, the folks in the morning, 
everything they're saying is what you see every day. And so it validates you. And then it also reinforces this notion that there are elites who don't get what's going on, right? The coastal elites, right? The elites in New York, elites in California don't know that in Arkansas, nobody wants to use the term Latinx. Okay. I don't recall anyone in Arkansas trying to pass a bill to make people use the term Latinx. It's like they're creating a problem or an issue that does not really exist. And I've had conversations with um, after the whole um, the State of the Union, and I would ask some of my conservative friends, I'm like, where did you, where do you see, where, what was your opinion on Governor, I mean, President Biden? And they, you know, they, they gave some of the talking points, but the conservative talking about it, we're used to hearing, you know, he's he's not dealing with the border, the the China balloon and so forth like that. And I said, well, what would you as far as specifically the China balloon? I said, I'm not military expert, but you're going to have to give credit to the, the president. He just took the advice of those who are experts, allowed them to argue back and forth. He made the final decision and. They, based on the advice, it was believed to have that shot down over water and they could monitor the balloon as it goes over the country and so forth like that. And they had protocols to prevent it from taking um, any secrets, supposedly. But my, my, my point is this, is that the goal, the issues that we're facing today has... That's what he was talking about, meaning like as far as infrastructure. And we talk about the water, the pipes in the water. That is what's necessary. Um, the infrastructure as regards the bridges and the and the tunnels and so forth, like those are real issues. I can understand if Governor Sanders came out and says, well, the, the president is taking this stance. We believe more money should go into X, Y, and Z. But she didn't talk about any of that stuff, nor did any of the Fox Entertainment TV personalities talked about that as well. They just focused on the border and the China balloon at that time. Okay, okay so a couple of things. One, um, they have an incredible, they have an incredibly sophisticated, strike that, they have an incredibly uh, successful campaign. They have an idea of what makes them win. They have an idea of what their viewers talk about. And you have to understand that these people are interested in power and staying in power, like politicians, right? That's one of the, uh, that, that, that's one of the flaws of politicians. Uh, they become addicted to power and staying in power. And one of the ways that you obviously stay in power is you have to get people to vote for you. And so their, their way of getting people to vote for, for them is to c consistently push these sorts of issues and they amplify these sorts of issues. And so if you watch, if you watch Fox News, you, you believe that there's a movement in which kids are being encouraged, okay, encouraged, indoctrinated to identify as trans, right? If you watch Fox News, you're being told that the real history of America is being erased and marginalized groups, victim groups are now trying to control and police your language, okay? Hence, Latinx, right? If you listen to Fox News, there is this notion that the border in the South is wide open and people are coming in. And the reason Democrats actually don't care about this is because that the people who are coming in, uh, they're gonna let them vote illegally. And so that's their way of staying in power. 
And so if you already are in this sort of ecosystem of right-wing news uh, media, and it's not just Fox, right? It's right-wing radio. It's the podcast that they listen to. And it's also part of social media, the way the algorithm runs, right? It, it, it leads us to confirm the biases that we already have. Uh, even for myself, right? I have to be careful about what I read, where I go, because I don't want to just keep going down places where people who agree with me live, right? I want to know, well, what 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 is this person? Uh, what does this person uh, care about? I often tell my conservative friends this: there are things that Donald Trump is accused of having said that I can't corroborate, right? And so I don't say them because I have enough legitimate issues with Donald Trump or the Republican Party, where I don't have to make things up about them, right? Like there's enough there that I don't need to make something up to get my point across. And I tell them the same thing. You don't have to make things up. You don't have to believe things that aren't true simply to make a point that you don't like X policy or Y policy. You should be able to make an argument as to why you don't like it, period. You don't have to make stuff up. As an aside, this balloon thing, right? This uh, this demonstrates um, sometimes the 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 attention span of the American public, right? Is we spent a week freaking out about a balloon, and it turns out that the likely story about this balloon is that the Chinese lost control of it. <laughs> <laughs> Right, <laughs> like like the Chinese lost control of the balloon, <laughs> and of course they're not going to say, "Hey, we lost control of it." Right? They lost control of the balloon. They couldn't get it back, and that's how it ended up where it ended up. Right? And and so this idea of, oh my, and, and we spent we spent days talking about what the president should have done, whether it's aliens, how many other. Uh, unidentified flying objects are up there in the atmosphere. Uh, and I'm going to say this for, for, for people. I am a person who believes that, that there may be intelligent life out in the universe. We're not okay? alone out here. Okay. Like I, I may believe that, but I certainly am not one of those people who believe that they're going to come here and just be hanging out watching us. Okay. Because, <laughs> because if they're, if they're if, because if they're advanced, they got to come back another thousand years to see if we progressed any. Okay. Because what we have going on down here, what we're doing to one another, what we're doing to the planet and all that stuff, that's not something in alienation, I think would be really, really interested in. But the point is um, that Biden has, and this is, again, you know how I am politically, right? Like, um, but Biden is, in a certain sense, boring, right? Like he's boring. He's not. And, and when I say boring, it's sort of like it's strike boring, normal, right? After the years of Trump, we're back to normal. There isn't a scandal every day. And so people need something to have a scandal about. They need something to criticize them about, right? And so they're like, oh, instead of actually having legitimate criticism about stuff like you said, about um, infrastructure in this country being terrible, right? 
We still aren't doing the things we need to do for healthcare. We still aren't doing things we need to do with respect to the tax code, which is squeezing the middle class. Instead of people focusing on that, they're focusing on whether or not we should have shot down a hot air balloon that was going across U.S. space because we want to show the Chinese something. And now anybody who has a brain knows we probably fight stuff over China all the time. And you know what's interesting? The talking points by the conservative lawmakers, they said in a budget um, proposal, they said President Biden is looking to cut the military. We need to increase our military spending and our defense. And I'm like, for a balloon? Because for, they for a balloon that was blown <laughs> off course, and then it got them so hot and bothered that they started shooting other balloons that they don't even know what it is. It's like, balloon, shoot it. Like, it, it doesn't even... This it just demonstrates it's it's just and here's the funny thing. If if he shoots the balloon down, what took him so long, right? If he doesn't shoot the balloon down, he's weak and the Chinese are gonna exploit this. It, it it's 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 sort of silly theater, but it just demonstrates you there are no real scandals, which is why they're so fixated on Hunter Biden's laptop. Like he's just a normal sort of middle of the row, moderate. Democrat who's governing. There aren't many scandals. Okay. There is, aren't it, really it, many scandals. Is this Biden's um Obama's beige suit? That was controversial during his <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a beige, like like even even the classified document conversation, right? That's better. The the, the press is so it, it's like they're desperate for something meaty. And 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 I get it. Scandal sells. You can you can sell papers. You can get more eyeballs on your website. Um, if it's a Watergate situation, it can make your career. I get all that. But for the most part, he's he's just a normal president, right? Like he's just he's just normal. And so there aren't opportunities for something wild to happen. I, I, I'll 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 draw the analogy. Um, I watch Rihanna's halftime show, okay? Which I loved, by the way. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was perfectly fine, competent, okay? There weren't a lot of bells and whistles, right? And because there weren't a lot of bells and whistles, people were like, oh my gosh, nobody came out, blah, 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 blah. But it was an incredibly professional and competent performance, okay? Now, you're not going to write home and say this was better than Michael Jackson or Prince. No, of course not, right? But... It, there was, it wasn't the worst performance ever. It wasn't any of that. And given the context of her being pregnant, it made it even more special. Okay. Correct. So that's how I see Biden. Like I, I see it as it's, he's performing competently. There are a bunch of other factors that are outside of his control. So, and when I say competently, what I mean is if you're kind of a moderate, you're okay with him in terms of policy. Now you may not be okay with him running, but in terms of how he's handled uh, his job as president, this is the this is the funny thing. Most Democrats are fine with how he's handled the job, yet they don't want him to run. <laughs> so, yeah, and and that's all because of what we call ageism, um, because it's the what we see in the movies, what we've seen in past presidents. Um, as far as a youthful, but Eisenhower was older, but he was a general. He was a former general. Um, and you, if you think about Bill Clinton and you think of uh, Bill Clinton and you think Bush 
to George W. and then Obama. They were more in their, I believe, in their 50s. So they had that look. But but I, I don't know how old was George Bush Sr. But back to the balloon thing, just one quote, uh, quick fact. That, to shoot down that balloon for those two uh, military jets cost $900,000. So imagine every time a balloon goes up, that bill is 900000 Could you imagine what we could do with that? Of course I can imagine what we could do with that, man. <laughs> we could do lots of things with that, Michael, but that's not how this country is framed. That's not how this country is structured. That Those are not the things that we care about. And, and you and I have had this conversation at, offline where I have told you that part of my issue is that people don't actually care about the things they say they care about, okay? Because nobody bats an eyelash that that costs $937,000. In other words, like people may say, oh, that's a little bit outrageous, but we have been we have been conditioned to be like, okay, yeah, military stuff is super expensive, right? But then if you say, I want to extend COVID relief benefits, or I want to extend the SNAP program, or build a uh, tunnel that will help relieve traffic. <laughs> build a tunnel or build public housing or whatever it is. Everybody runs and says, oh, how much is that going to cost? Oh, that's expensive. The cost is prohibitive. You know, and I, and I know people who have worked in the defense industry who will justify the $937,000 cost. They'll, they'll justify it without batting an eyelash, but will tell you I'm paying too much in taxes. <laughs> they'll, they'll say, oh, yeah, it's OK that they charge nine hundred thirty seven thousand dollars. But then they'll say, like, hey, my tax rate is too high. You know, it, it, it's it's what we give a priority to. And I think in, in this instance, what you've demonstrated and what we've seen is that the things that we give priority to are not, at least for me, they're not the things that I value more. OK, and especially with this balloon thing, I'm, I'm not a person who's against national security. Of course not. But this idea that you shoot first, you ask questions later, you treat everything as a provocation. We're not in grade school anymore. Even okay? the transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, said the reason why it took a while, not only because the president made the assessment, but part of the advice that he was given is like, if we were, we have to control that airspace. And that's a big commercial airspace. So it's not just cargo, it's passengers, it's uh, the property on the ground. A lot of factors weighed in in the decision. Let's wait until we get over water and to minimize the damage. Because God forbid, if any of those pieces fell on property, then there would have been an argument. How could the government do this? And then, you know, insurance companies, they don't want to pay for anything. So they, they will say, we can't, we can't file your claim here because it was, that was an act of God or that was the federal government. You need to talk to them about that. Imagine you're on your flight with your crew <laughs> and you look to the left and there are pieces of a balloon falling around you, right? Like, like these people, a lot of people have a very movie version of the real world. And it doesn't work like that, right? Like you don't send Bruce Willis up there with some fighter jets to, you know, to take this thing down and there's no collateral damage. That's period. the problem, Hollywood. And if you yep. don't know, and, if, and, and also from a logical perspective, if you don't know what's in the balloon, right? Why are you gonna just shoot it and find out what's in it? Look at this train that just derailed that was carrying hazardous materials. Now, how much you wanna bet 
that most of the people who live in that community didn't even know that there's a train that comes through their community that's transporting hazardous waste. And they are not allowed to drink water. And and some of the farm um, with the agribusiness is affected by it, too, because all that toxic waste has seeped into the ground. And so there's a repercussion. So imagine that's a very excellent um, comparison. If that balloon had other toxins that we did not know about and it came down to our on our ground, what the ripple effect it would have. That's a very good analogy. But it's also about American politics in general, which a lot of it. And, and I will say this, it applies to liberals and conservatives alike. A lot of it is performative. A lot of it is I'm going to perform. I'm going to pretend like I'm interested in something. I'm going to pretend like I'm doing something when I'm actually not doing it, right? I'm going to pretend like shooting it down would just be performative. Like I'm just showing you that I'm I'm big, I'm bad, I'm not afraid of China. That's why I'm doing it. You have to have some common, reasonable sense. If there are, as much as I do not trust the government when it comes to environmental matters and other things, I at least have the belief that if something is flying overhead and people are like, especially military people who like to shoot things down, right? If they say, you know what? We can't shoot this down yet because we haven't made a proper assessment of what it is. I would like to think that most people would be like, yeah, that sounds like sound advice, you know, not shoot first, ask questions later, and then find out that this thing was blown off course and all the things that they were talking about were meaningless because none of it is apparent in there. And, and also, let's be real, like we're not children here. We know we fly stuff over China. Yeah, we have satellites. We have yeah, all the come things. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. It, it, it's funny because one of the commentators was saying, um, one of the conservative networks was saying that, look, um, the balloon flew over America. Now China has where we have our um, nuclear facilities and so forth like that. And then um, someone commented back on a panel, says, well, they could just Google that. They could see everything right there. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Google Earth. It's, everything you, is there. Everything is, everything is there. It's not... There are other a- avenues in which, you know, spy craft and statecraft go into it that the, the public doesn't know anything about. But these kinds of public things, these are things that unfortunately governments do. Governments spy on other governments. We spy, uh, I hate to shock people, we spy on our own allies, right? They spy on us. Like, and it's called, just- it's, called, it's called the U.S. Embassy. <laughs> because that's where they have the British embassy. It's here. They're spying on us. It's correct. I mean, I mean, so we, we, we do that. And, and oftentimes we just try, we try to play aggrieved and angry. And of course, China is the new sort of perceived threat to American dominance. And so naturally people have this issue and China has issues. There are issues associated with our relationship with China uh, with our trade with China, uh, with 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 China's record on human rights and all those stuff, all, all those things are legit, legit, legit concern. Uh, but having a news cycle that further perpetuates these fears because of a balloon, it was a little bit too much for me. I had to turn the news off after a certain point. I was like, you know what? In a few days, they'll figure out what it is, and after they figured it out, I'll I'll know. But right now, this idea of, you know, he shot it. And then they were like, finally, he shot it. And then 
uh, I said he like Biden went up there. <laughs> yeah, they do have um, characters of him doing that, like in the Top Gun outfit, doing that. They shot it, but then a few days later, they were upset because they shot something too quickly, you know. And and, and so it it's 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 silly, and I think part of it is because there aren't enough. Uh, it's not as entertaining as a Trump presidency. I guess that's my point. And, and that's true. And that, that's Trumpism, um, so to speak. And Trumpism could be uh, defined in so many ways, not only inter- not entertainment, but falsehoods and, and so forth, which concludes to this argument, or not the argument, this conversation, that you were talking about this is why the Fox viewers are attracted to that and they know their base and the Republicans know their base. But... Think about it. That same playbook of false narratives creating fear didn't work for them in the midterms. It may have worked in small, but for the most part, they didn't gain as much as they thought they would gain. Hence why McCarthy had that issue of becoming speaker. But look about I, I think about what can you say about George Santos that has not been said already? <laughs> Listen, man, it's a prime example of <laughs> no, but, Trumpism. But, He's a byproduct. I, I mean, but even by Trump standards, right? George Santos, and this is where I may disagree with you. Um, uh, If you fail and don't succeed, try, try again, right? Um, uh, They didn't win as many many seats as they thought they would win, um, but they still control the House, right? Uh, They didn't take over the Senate, but in part that had a lot to do with the fact that they had some pretty weirdly bad candidates, okay? Um, so they shot themselves in the foot a couple of times. Uh, but, uh, and there are reports, obviously, that a lot of the things that they, that, that they spent a lot of time on, election denialism, those sorts of things, it's a turn off to, to allegedly independent voters. Okay. But I think George Santos is a perfect example. Of, of why you never count out the Republican matrix ever, right? This is a guy who's from New York, um, who's from a blue state, uh, running in a blue district, okay? Creates a whole narrative that a local paper picks up, by the way. You know, it, it wasn't like he did this all in secret, secret, right? A local paper was like, who is this guy? But no national papers go with it because there is this, this, this movement of look Democrats are in trouble. Democrats are in trouble. But let me ask you this question. I always ask, do you think that a person who did not look like George Santos um, could, could go into a Democratic primary and say that they went to NYU or they went to Baruch, that they were an executive at, at Morgan Stanley? And they had a financial services company, and they were an elite athlete in 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 college. <laughs> a volleyball player. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think? Let's just be real. Do you think like a, a black candidate in the Democratic Party could get away with that without somebody vetting them immediately? Absolutely not. They wanted the credentials of President Obama or Senator exactly. Obama at the time. Exactly. So there's no way. So so, so there is a party that those things don't matter, okay? Because ultimately, he's in Congress, he's sitting in Congress. Every day, we find something 
completely screwed up. You know, it went from he he stole stuff in Brazil to he the latest is he stole puppies from the Amish. No, <laughs> like, it's like, like never ending, on, never Come ending. On. Come Yo, and there's so many memes about him. He was the first astronaut in space. Um, he's no, the first no, no. Jew. <laughs> it's but, like ridiculous. But, but he doesn't care. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't care. If it's to his advantage to say that he's Jewish, he says he's Jewish. If it's to his advantage to say that his mother died in 9-11, which wasn't true, he will say that. And And the thing about it is, and this is where Republicans have something that Democrats do not, Okay. Now, Mitt Romney might be offended by him, and rightfully so, but as long as he can deliver votes, Kevin McCarthy is not going to expel him, okay? Now, imagine again if Nancy Pelosi was Speaker of the House and some, and some Democratic candidate who looked like me made up a whole story about who they are and all these things came out about them, Right? Nancy Pelosi would be under an incredible amount of pressure from the media and from her own caucus, other Democrats, to be like, get rid of this person. Okay? Just get rid of him. Have a special election. It doesn't matter. Get rid of him. But notice that even though certain adult Republicans are like, get rid of him, there's no movement to get rid of him because they don't care. Really, they don't care. What they care about is he says the things that they like to hear. And then he presented himself as, look, I'm a conservative, but I'm also gay. I'm also Jewish. I'm a liberal's worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're right. They don't care. And they, he's, he's being used. He's a pawn that they need him for votes similar to. I, I don't know if this would have happened prior to an election of Trump. Um, but I'll have to say they, they're using him just like Trump in a sense that they need his vote. They need what he represents. And McCarthy cannot lose anyone if he wants to yes. push his agenda. Because, because he's, a, he's a minority who's gay, who's also allegedly, right, he's Jewish, and he has a lot of money, but he's a fiscal conservative, and he's from New York. And, and speaking of Trump, or as I like to refer to him now, my boy Trump. <laughs> Speaking of Trump, I told you, Trump is about to be on a revenge tour. And I, I've told you this before, and I'll tell you this again. I am through underestimating Donald J. Trump. I'm through underestimating him and the control that he has over the people who support him. And it looks like the Republican Party, and remember, I, I said this years ago, that when they were done with Trump, and his usefulness to them was up that they would get rid of him, right? The, the problem is that they let Trump get his tentacles into the Republican Party way too deep, and it's getting harder and harder to get themselves away from Trump. And Trump knows this. That's why uh, it's interesting, and we'll be watching, obviously. It's so way early, but... Uh, Nikki Haley's trying to come throw on, a dart. Come she, on, it's 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 not good. I I don't know come where on, where we're gonna go with this one. <laughs> come uh, on, but man. you know, but to her to her point and to a, this is a, to our conversation we said earlier, um, going back to a time when because I was listening to her speech, she was in New Hampshire, and she was talking about we need to go back to a time when we loved each other and stuff like that, and things were calm. I'm like, when was that? 
What narrative she's talking about? <laughs> Listen, man. And whatever she smoking. She said. She said. She no, there's no racism. She said yeah. there's no. There was no racism until I. I want to say in the last few years, and you know that's a that's a hit on Biden. Like the Biden Harris team introduced uh, racism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Listen, she she whatever she's smoking, she needs to export it to California or Oregon or Colorado where marijuana is legal to sell because she is high off her own supply. She doesn't even believe what she's saying. Okay, and now. Um, she is she is a political non-factor period this is this is sort of a vanity play and maybe this is a play for a future thing but the chances of her becoming the republican nominee are equal to the chances of me becoming the republican nominee for <laughs> Right. And you yeah. heard it first on Raw. Come on, man. Cook, cook I'm, not even elig- I'm not even eligible, right? And, and, and I'm telling you, it's it's if this were 2015, she might have she might have had a chance. But nobody is interested in in the fever dreams that she's selling because the base of the party doesn't even think like that. I, I, I'm not even going to the obvious you know, uh, rhetoric of conservative, you know, like I'm putting that aside. I'm looking at it as a Republican voter. Okay. Why would they pick her when time and time again, they have demonstrated that there's a particular kind of candidate they want. And as far as they're concerned so far, two of those candidates are options for president. Okay. And, and let a few more people come in, she will pull lower and lower and lower. Ain't nobody checking for Nikki Haley. No disrespect to Nikki Haley. But her chances of becoming the Republican Party nominee in 2024 are slim to none. And Slim left town yesterday. <laughs> and once again, you heard it first on Ron and Cup, Cooker for Politics. Before I close, let me first say thank you for listening, especially those listening for the very first time. I so appreciate you. I appreciate all my listeners, and I hope you enjoyed the discussion. If you wish to provide feedback or comment on any of the episodes, you could reach me at cuckooforpoliticsfeedback at gmail.com. Follow me on social media on Facebook. I could be found under cuckoo, the number four politics, or on Instagram cuckoo underscore the number four underscore politics i ask that you continue to subscribe to this podcast which can be listened on apple google spotify or wherever podcast platform you choose to listen to this episode once you subscribe you'll be able to get the latest episodes that drops as well as some bonus features you can also listen to my podcast and find past episodes on my very own website cuckooforpolitics.com Feel free to comment on either of those platforms as I welcome all feedback. Now for my closing thoughts. Freedom of the press is a critical to our democracy. That's no question. Some would argue that the press serves as the fourth branch of government as it has a responsibility to hold our institutions accountable. The Fairness Doctrine introduced in 1949 is a policy whereby TV news broadcasters were inclined to present 
controversial issues that are of public importance to do so in a manner that's fairly reflected different viewpoints. So what does that mean? The doctrine basically put in place the responsibilities for two for TV news stations to devote adequate airtime to different contrasting political views, either by special news segment or some type of editorial. To me, the concept was simple. You provide the viewer a fair and a balanced opinion of the issues. However, in 1987, then-Republican President Ronald Reagan vetoed a bill that was submitted by a Democratic-controlled Congress that would have reinstated the Fairness Doctrine. His administration felt the doctrine violated the First Amendment's right and stifled Democratic debate. How, I ask, I'm a little bit confused, as the job of the news program was straightforward. You provide the facts, you discuss both sides of a particular argument, and allow the viewer to decide for themselves. Now, it can be argued that as a result of the action gave birth to the rise of various popular conservative and conspiracy right-wing media news shows, such as the ones found on Fox and alike. And I guess you could flip the argument and say, well, it also brought about other news programs that lean the other way of the political spectrum. Nowadays, the viewer could choose only to focus their attention on the news that reinforces their biases or makes them feel comfortable without understanding the other side. I must point out, in fairness, the fairness doctrine only applied to broadcasts that of TV and radio and not to cable, satellite, or even internet services, as those technologies did not exist at the time. So, is it plausible to say Fox and the likes would have eventually been created, even if the doctrine had continued? Perhaps, but I think cable news would have at least been more compelled to follow at least the spirit behind the fairness doctrines in dedicating sufficient airtime for such controversial issues in a more fair and balanced news segment. The Fox and Dominion lawsuit has brought to light how the network purposely misconstrued information for the purpose only for profit and to distract their viewers from reality. Let's look at the news about the recent financial bank failure involving Silicon Valley. Credible news sources from all over reported that the bank had assets over $220 billion as countless tech startups put their money in deposits there for safekeeping and for future investment opportunities. Now, without getting into the minutia of the decisions that led to these companies to suddenly panic and withdraw their money in such a short period of time, the banks basically did not have enough cash on hand. In other words, it would be if all of us went to the ATM at the exact same time and did countless cash withdrawals. The banks only keep a certain percentage of money available as most of the funds are tied up in investments and in loans. Now, when you switch to Fox News and their guests who are Republican politicians, they blame the whole collapse that took place in Silicon Valley and some other banks similar to of its size due to diversity of the bank's corporate board and its woke policies. I must admit, I did not even see that coming. I don't even see the connection. Andy Kessler, a columnist of the Wall Street Journal, 
wrote that the bank's board consisted of 91% of independents, 45% women, one black, one LGBTQ plus, and two veterans. How they connected the financial situation failure with diversity is beyond me. I do not recall sitting in history classes where professors are aligning diversity as a root causes of the Great Depression that took place in 1929. But I should not have been surprised. As conservatives use that style of verbiage to relay subconsciously a message to their base that they may reinforce their prejudice biases. Even Home Depot co-founder Bernie Marcus got into the act. He went on Fox to say, these banks are badly run because everybody is focused on diversity and all the woke issues. Governor DeSantis made references to that same notion as well. Basically, it was to imply if only white men served on a board, this financial collapse would not have happened. Really? This is just another example of using words like diversity, woke, and other similar racist tropes as dog whistles to impose fear of diversity, equity, and, in and inclusion. Now, while on the subject of the state of Florida, let me point on some interesting factoids. William Kleinneck, a contributing writer for Time Magazine, reported that the state of Florida languishes at the bottom in health care, school funding, wages, long-term elder care, and other areas that are essential to any successful society. You would think Florida, a haven for retirees, would have expanded Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act, but the state's refusal to do so affects a large segment of the population, particularly the poorer population, and is costing countless lives. Not to mention, Floridians pay a high premium on property insurance due to the fact these insurance companies have processed numerous costly claims as a result of the multiple natural disasters, and it has affected their bottom line. But sad to say, such matters are not a concern to a viewer of right-wing media, as politicians like a DeSantis distract their constituency by misinforming that their real problems are caused by drag queens and diversity. Wedge issues serve as a cloak to anger and distract their base so they don't even know and realize their own life vulnerabilities. There are too many other examples to continue to list of how such conservative news and their Republican allies intentionally misconstrue the facts. Are there problems in this country this country must address? The answer is yes. Is the country making progress to some of these problems? The answer is also yes. Again, if we were to peel behind the curtain, we would be able to see not only the country's progression, but we as Americans have more in common than what the false narratives depicted by right-wing media. I will close with this. Each of us must filter what we take in as news and keep an open mind. It's okay to formulate an opinion while respecting those that do not share similar beliefs. I appreciate the fact what my professors instilled in me back in the day, which is to read four to five news reports in order to grasp different perspectives of any given issue. By doing this, I can form an opinion and not be ignorant of the facts. 
It's disturbing that fear and misinformation is the new mantra at Fox News versus their advertised slogan of fair and in balance. Abby Grosberg, an ex-Tucker Carlson producer, filed a lawsuit against Fox indicating she was coerced into giving misleading testimony about the election fraud. She also stated that staff members who did not follow and report the lie were met with retaliation. Fox legendary news anchor Shepard Smith, who has been there from the very beginning of the founding of the network, left Fox News. As he said, the network knowingly spreads falsehoods. In his own words, when people begin with a false premise and lead people astray, that's injurious to society and it's the antithesis of what we should be doing. Those of us who are so honored and grateful to have a platform of public influence have to use it for the public good. Join me in my next discussion as we discuss America's dilemma with the Second Amendment and why it's perfectly okay to be strapped in America. Or is it? This is Michael, host of the political podcast, Kuka for Politics. Until the next episode, stay blessed. So say we all. Hey, that was for my sci-fi followers on Battlestar Galactica. Take care, folks.